Hello church family, my name is Sean Holtorf. I'm the facility director here at North County Christ the King. And on my team, I have Aaron Bodie, who is in charge of the custodial side. Megan Taylor helps with the funeral setup and special events. And then we have Melissa Van Cleve, who takes care of Blessing Place and the Big Kitchen. Together we set up and break down events and we make sure the facility is functioning smoothly. 2021 has been a busy year for us with a few upgrades to the building. We have replaced two of our HVAC units for more energy efficient ones. Student Ministries added a new stage and storage area to their building. We started painting the exterior of the building and we'll finish that project up next spring. Aaron and Becky did some landscaping work to the grassy knoll and added some new benches for outdoor seating. The IT department got a new server room built in the corner. We finally finished up the bulk of Kendall campus and they got new floors, kitchen area, and new paint. Lastly, you've probably noticed the remodel in the bridge room. We are adding a studio for recording along with the front classroom. This is exciting because we are now gonna utilize every square inch of the facility to fill the needs of our church. Not only does this building provide things like Adventure Club, Day Camp, The Gift, Christmas Concert, Memorial Services, and small groups, but it also really shines when a crisis hits. When the flood hit this year, it was a big eye-opener as to how blessed we are to have this building to help our community when they needed it the most. So to all of the volunteers and people that keep this building operational, Thank you for everything that you do and your generosity, your contributions. I am honored to be a part of this community and North County Christ the King. All right, let's hear it for facilities. Especially all you people that help out around here, thank you so much. We could not do it without you, and that's how we keep our staff down and our expenses down, is because you help, which is pretty, pretty awesome. So thank you, Sean. And that's really hospitality, what Sean is talking about today. That's a part of hospitality. And that's what I want to talk with you about today. I want to talk with you about hospitality. Now, this series is talking about the things, the biblical things that we can rally around while the world around us is kind of in chaos. These are the things that we can rally around that, that we stay true to. And things like the gospel, things like discipleship. And you may ask the question, well, how is it that hospitality got one of those five weeks. Is it really that important? I mean, is it really that biblical uh, to be hospitable? Uh, and if you think about hospitality as, you know, maybe inviting somebody over for a meal, which that is hospitable, but it is so much more. And I want to unpack it for you today because I believe that hospitality is central to the very nature of God, to the very character of God. And that's why you find it all through the Bible. So, so when you think about the great commandment, love God and love your neighbor, hospitality is really how you live out that great commandment, okay? So we sang a song today. I think it was the second song, House of the Lord. Remember that song? Great new song that we're singing. And there's a line in there that Taya had us repeat at the end. And it says, we were the beggars. Now we're royalty. And so I just want to, as, as, as I set the stage to talk about hospitality, that is a main idea or principle that... That as beggars, we don't have much to give. But now that God has met us, entered us, you know, redeemed us, filled us with his love and grace and with his spirit, now we're royalty and now we have a lot to give. We have a lot to give. We have a lot to offer because of Christ in us. And so I want to talk about that today. Things have changed since you came to Christ. Since you came to Christ, you're expected not to be a beggar anymore, but you're expected to be royalty and share your wealth with the world around you. So... 
On a personal note, Gwen and I love taking in people into our home. We've taken in several kids, teenagers over the years. We've taken in people to live with us from time to time. One time we took in a kid named Eric. We were living in Mount Vernon. And uh, we said to Eric, he's about 19, and he was one of my youth leaders. And we said, hey, why don't you come live with us? He needed a place, and you can bunk with our four-year-old, Levi. Levi was four at the time. And Eric's like, no, 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 I'll sleep out above your shop. You have this little loft out there outside in the garage. I'll sleep out there. Well, the first night, he got infested with earwigs. So guess what? He moved into the house really quick, you know? And that, Eric was just one of the guys over the years that we had lived with us, and um, it was really good. It's really fun because then you can follow them and you can see what they're doing with their lives, and it's just, it's just a, a lot of fun to do that. So this is a picture, though, of the first church. The first church in Acts chapter 2, the very first Christians were driven by hospitality. That is how the church existed. If you became a Christian, you were disenfranchised from your, Jew, your Jewish roots. And as a Gentile, obviously, you were disenfranchised from the Romans. And so you were left kind of homeless in terms of connection. And so, and so the first early Christians, they lived their lives around meeting in the temple. They would go there to worship. But then they would go from house to house to house, sharing meals having communion together. And it's funny, this is what we did at our home group this last week. Rob and Donna, they made some chili and some cornbread, and we went over there, and we had some food together around the table. And then we had communion using cornbread. Yes, it works for communion. And then we had our Bible study, and then we ended up having a little bit of fun, and we played Oculus. Have you ever played this Oculus picture thing or whatever? Come on, come on. There it is. That's your pastor. And I'm living in another world right there. Anybody played Oculus, whatever, thing? Yeah, it's, it's like this virtual reality that you go into. And it is so funny to watch people try to navigate. I was walking the plank, and you really, honest to goodness, feel like you're going to fall. And it's very, very scary. But we had a lot of fun. And so, you know, this, this is how fellowship is built. This is how relationship is built. You have food together. You study God's word together. You take communion together, and you have some fun got to have some fun together too, right? And that's why hospitality produces things like fellowship. So that's number one in your notes today. Hospitality is my personal response to be like Jesus. I would say to you today, as we think about hospitality, that it's one of the greatest ways to be transformed into what Christ is like. Jesus Christ was hospitable, if nothing else. Now, some of you would say, what's the big deal? I'm, hospi- I'm hospitable, Anybody in here just love having people over? Let me see. Yeah, yeah, there aren't very many that actually have the gift of hospitality. And that's, you're the people who you grew up having, you know, playing tea together. Sorry, all the guys that raised your hands. Um, But you love tea parties. You know, when people come over, you bring out your best silverware, your best plates. You just love to entertain. But there were only about 10 or 15 that raised your hands out of four or 500 people in the room, Right. And so you know that a lot of us have to work hard at hospitality. I'm one of those. I'm an introvert, and sometimes it's hard for me to want to share my space with other people, whether it's my home or whether it's my heart. But when you think about Jesus, let's take a moment and do that today, he was incredibly hospitable. Now, you know he didn't have a home after he left home to travel with his disciples. He had no home to invite people home to, but really he became the home. Jesus became the home. And I want you to think about that today, is that how at home do do people feel with you? When you're not inviting them to your very home, your house that you live in, how at home uh, do you make people feel? And Jesus was a master at this. Wherever he went, Jesus had the ability to invite people 
into his heart, into his home. And he would say things like this, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, carry burdens, and I will give you rest, right? And he wasn't talking about come over and spend the night in my guest room. No, he was talking about come to me and I will help you feel at home. So knowing Jesus was, was really being at home, and I think we can be that to the people in our lives more and more. Uh, there were other things Jesus did. He fed people, thousands of them, on just a few pieces of bread and fish. Have you ever had that time when you invited people over and you were worried about running out of food? Ever had that time? You need to learn this trick. I mean, this is awesome. Just, woo, plenty for everybody, right? We're never going to run out. And take a basket home, by the way, you know? Got leftovers. Um, his hospitality included healing sick people. He was compassionate for the sick. He would drive out demons. He would offer people freedom from what they were struggling with. Jesus really allowed his heart to become home for the homeless. And I think that's a great thing to think about. As I think about myself, I ask myself the question, is my heart the kind of heart that people feel at home with? Do they want to come home? Right? Does that, does that make sense to you? Not in a, a weird way, but just in a, a comfort way. That are, are you a person that people feel at home with? And that's what Jesus did. And then he invited, you know, he invited his disciples to eat a meal in the upper room. Remember, they rented a room, and, and they had to go up, and, and Jesus took care of them and uh, washed their feet. He washed their feet. Talk about hospitality. And then he shared a meal with them where he actually shared bread and wine and talked about it being his body, being his person, and being his blood. Talk about hospitality to, to share his very life with his disciples, knowing he was going to the cross. And then this is cool. I don't know if you've ever read this, but after he rose, the king of kings and the lord of lords grilled out on the beach for his disciples. Did you know that? He shows up on the beach and says, hey, guys, come over. I've got fish on the fire. And here's, think about this. The king of kings, the lord of lords, he's risen from the dead, and now he's cooking breakfast on a grill for his disciples. Let's hear it for grilling. I just think <laughs> grilling, you know, it's, it's like a heavenly thing. It's a godly thing to grill. And then it doesn't end there. Then Jesus tells his disciples I'm going to go away, but, but while I'm gone, I'm going to prepare a room for you to come home to. And I'm going to bring you back to be with myself. It's in John 14. It's a beautiful piece of scripture. Let's read it together. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? I'm going to, I'm going to get your room ready. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, and I will take you to myself. And here's the line I love, that where I am, you may be also. I feel like that line is the heart of hospitality, that where I am, you may be also, that, that you can enter my space wherever I am. You can feel comfortable with me. You can feel at home with me. This is the heart of hospitality because it's also the heart of God. This is the heart of God, that where I am, you may be also. This is the whole point of creation. This is the whole point that, that we were designed in the image of God, that, that one day there would be this time that, that we could be where he is, that we could be where he is. And that's what we look forward to. That's why we're gathered in this room today, that God would say to us, Come, share my space with me. 
That's the heart of hospitality. So what I want to say to us today is that hospitality happens wherever we go, not just when we invite people over for a meal, but let's expand this thinking. Uh, of course, the ultimate is inviting someone over into your home, into your private personal space. They get to see what you're like and what your home's like. That's scary sometimes, right? How clean is it? What kind of furniture do you have? You know, make, yeah, anyways. Um, but like Jesus, this is what God wants us to do, is to share our homes with others. First Peter 4, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other for love covers a multitude of sins. And here it is. Cheerfully. Can you say cheerfully? cheerfully? So that's key, right? Cheerfully. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. Now, I've told you this story before. This happened about 15 months ago. Uh, we were just starting our building project for our, our remodel and our new house. And so we sold our house. Now, a piece of advice, you should sell your house after you're done with your building project, not before. Literally, we were homeless. We had nowhere to go. And this couple from our church named Stephen Liu heard about it. And they said, hey, we're leaving in September for Florida. And our house will be open six or seven months, just the time you need it, coincidentally. And so you can have our house. Like, you can have our house. Here's our remotes. Here's our bed sheets. Here's our towels. Here's our washcloths. I mean, here's everything you need to be at home. Make yourself at home. And by the way, you don't have to pay any rent. You don't have to pay any rent. All you have to do is pay the bills, you know, what you spend. Uh, we'll send you the bills. We'll pay them, and then we'll just send them to you, and you can reimburse us. I mean, and, and they said, if we get home in the spring before you're out, you can just live with us. Who does that? Who wants to live with their pastor? I mean, that's, that's got to be the worst arrangement ever, right? How do you act when your pastor's living in, in your home? But this is like, I would call this extreme hospitality, where you actually give your space to somebody else and, and not worry about what they're going to do with it, you know? And a beautiful, beautiful thing. And that's number two in our notes today. Hospitality is our church family's response to love like Jesus. This is how we believe that you love best like Jesus. And as Joel said, we're taking uh, a few weeks to let you see all the ministries of the church and so if you've never met Ramona, I want you to meet Ramona, and she's in charge of what I would call volunteers' hospitality. Hello, North County family and friends. I'm Ramona Stump, and I have the privilege of working with teams of people who welcome newcomers and guests and support volunteers, teams, and adult ministries. If you've ever been greeted at a door, offered up a prayer request, filled out a Connect card, attended a class here or online, or grabbed a cup of coffee before the services, you've been blessed by some of our team members. They're a fun group of gifted people, sharing a common heart to share Christ by serving joyfully. You've probably met some of my part-time staffers, Emily Wood, Bethany Adams, Vanessa Pedersen, Mike Moore, Sandra Smith, and Michelle Flint and her women's ministry team. They each represent ministries at North County that run on the dedication and participation of our volunteers. Volunteers respond to care ministry needs and take care of hospitality and security for our services and special events. Recently, our teams were extremely involved in providing shelter and resources to almost 700 people over the 10 days following the terrible floods in our community. Some of our care ministers are still volunteering with Whatcom Strong and other organizations to provide care and relief to people in need. 
That's an example of the kind of person who gets involved with our life ministry teams. If God is nudging you to share your gifts and join in the fun, I have two recommendations for you. First, go to nccdk.com volunteer and fill out a volunteer form and check the guest services or care ministry boxes. We'll help you find your fit here. Or take the shape class the next time it's offered. We'll explore your spiritual gifts and God's unique design for you across all of our ministries. Thank you to all of our wonderful volunteers. Ministry just wouldn't be the same without you, and we are honored to serve with you. Yeah, let's thank all the volunteers. It's pretty great. So if NCCTK is your church family, then you need a role to play in your family. Now I know that you're doing things out there outside the walls and stuff like that, but but really everybody needs needs a part, needs to play a part in the role in their role, find their role at North County. And so you might ask the question, you know, is this my church home? And I know that that takes everybody, you know, from 6 months to 10 years to decide whether or not this is their church home. So let me just let me just say this to you, this little scenario. When you invite somebody over to your personal home, Let's say for dinner, a meal or something. What do you do? Well, if you're like us, you usually pick up the house. Anybody pick up the house or just let them slum with you? <laughs> no, you pick up the house, right? You uh, turn, up, turn on the porch light. We always turn on the porch light when people... That's really for liability more than anything else. <laughs> and uh, you meet them at the door. You welcome them in. And yesterday, Lindsay came over with her kids. And so what did we do? We took the baby from her. We said, give us the baby, right? Everybody wants the baby. Or you take the car seat because it's heavy. And, and you take the kid out of the car seat. And, and you say, let me take her for you. Uh, if it's your own grandkids, you give them hugs and squeezes and kisses. And then you say, can I get you something to drink? Yeah, like we have coffee here at church. And so you, can I get you something to drink? This is a picture of hospitality when you invite somebody into your home, right? This is a pretty common picture. And the same is true with church because we are a family as well. And this is our home. This is where we gather for an hour and a half on on Sunday mornings. And especially new people, we want new people to feel at home. We want everybody that walks through our doors to feel like, man, this is my first time, but I feel like I've been here forever. And nowadays, people spend a lot of time online with us. Hello, online family before they ever cross into the physical commons. And and we call online church, we call that really, that's our new front door. That's our new commons. That's our new area where people meet us for the first time. But people come here to the physical building, and we want them to feel part of the family right away. So we welcome them in. So thank you to all you welcomers and, and you greeters. And one of the places, I will tell you, that people are looking for in a church is a place that values and loves their children. And so people come to this church, I hear this all the time, and it's really, you know, makes me feel bad about my preaching sometimes, but they'll, they'll say to me, you know, we're, you're great, Kurt, but we're here for the kids' ministry. I mean, we're here because we have a great kids' ministry, and we have a great blessing place, and that's okay. I feel fine about my preaching. It's, it's okay. But, but seriously, if you call North County home, I guess the question for you is today, what's your role at North County? And I want to share a, a few places that we would love to see um, get back our volunteers. COVID really, really drove away a lot of volunteers. People were really hesitant, you know, obviously to come and serve and, and do anything with a lot of people. And I understand that. But now let's, you know, let's start to bring them back. Let's start to bring them back, right? And so one of the places we need you the most, oddly enough, is simply holding babies. We need people who like to hold babies. Now, what could be better than holding a baby? And here's the reason. We have a ratio rule where we need so many adults to have so many kids. 
And the last thing I want, in fact, if you want to know what drives me crazy, it's when a new family shows up, they got a baby, and they go up to the baby counter, blessing place, and they say, sorry, we're full. Now, what that means is the room is not full. What that means is there aren't enough adults here to hold your baby. And honestly, I don't ever want to see that happen here at North County. And so I'm asking you unabashedly to hold babies. It's a wonderful thing. It's an awesome thing to do. And so you just sign up, get your background check, and you're in. You know, we'll, we'll talk to you and see if you're okay, you know. But, but you'll have a background check, and, uh, and you get to hold babies. But that's just one place. There are dozens of places that you can serve at North County. You can be a greeter. Uh, you can welcome people to church on Sunday mornings. I love it when whole families do this. You can make coffee. Let's hear it for the coffee makers, by the way. Yeah, we love coffee. Love coffee. Somebody actually makes that for you, really. So, um, yeah, so you can help in kids' place. You can help in little kids' place. They just need helpers. And uh, they don't have, uh, like, an adult ratio, so it can literally be a lot of kids to just a few adults. So they could use some help. Simply said, just give kids a safe place to connect with Jesus. That's really what we're looking for, just a safe place. You don't have to teach them. You're just in there loving on them, and it's a great thing. That being said, let me ask you the question, um, because you hear a lot of times out there that young people are leaving the church. Have you heard that? Young people are leaving the church. Well, apparently, there's quite a few young people still here. And, and so we had, uh, I know a couple in our church that leads a small group for a bunch of young adults. These are adults that are in their late, late teens, early 20s, okay? So, so their mom and dad are no longer making them go to church, right? So these are young adults who are deciding to go to church on their own, and, and they're coming to church. They're here at North County. And so this couple asked all maybe 10 of their small group people, they said, why do you still come to church? Why do you still go to church if your parents don't make you, if you're not forced to go to, to, go to church? All of them had the same answer. It was because we feel connected through the investment that adults have made in us over the years. And they were talking about their... Sorry, getting choked up here. Uh, they were talking about their small group leaders in EDGE, because they've been here that long. There are small group leaders in middle school. There are small group leaders in high school. And these are people who are still a part of, of what they think about when they think about church. When they think about church, they don't just think about Jesus and just think about the building and just think about worship. They think about these people who connected to them when they needed an adult in their life and somebody who just spent time in their life. And so this feels like family. It doesn't feel like a program. Do you get the difference? This feels like family, and they come back, and they come back, and now they're a part of their church, and they're serving in their church because somebody served them. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So find your place to serve in your family. If this is your family, if you're done kicking the tires, if you're here, then find your place to serve, and it can be anything. Your family needs you to serve. And especially... I would say, because my heart is for those who are, who are still lost, my heart is for those who are still outside the church, they don't have a church, my heart is that when, when those people come for the first time, that they feel welcomed in to this family. Paul said in Galatians 5, he said, you've been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Let me rephrase that. Don't use your freedom to be selfish, but rather use your freedom to serve one another in love. So 
I want you to, if you have a paradigm of church being a program, something you just do on Sunday morning for an hour, hour and 15, I want you to change your program or, or your paradigm. And I want you to change it to this, that, that church is a family and church is a home. And it's a place that, that if you're part of the family, then you pitch in, like you cook lunch every now and then, or you, you, know, you do something to make the family work. At some point, you're no longer a guest. But at some point, every one of us becomes a vital person in the family of God. I mean, you can push buttons up there with Evan and get the screens to change. That's a lot of power, I'm telling you. You can, you can control my life from the loft. So for you introverts, I mean, what a perfect place to serve, right? It's a wonderful thing. Um, but that's how you become connected. That's how you build friendships in the church as well. Maybe like Jim, you come over for one hour a week and you blow leaves. This is what Jim does for us every week. Jim shows up, and I heard him go by my office the other day, so I ran out with my camera. This is last week, and I took a picture of Jim. But, but there's endless roles like that where you can just do a little part, do a little piece that keeps this place running and running smoothly. So we like to take um, NCCDK to the next level, and I talked to you a little bit about this last week, and that is our giving. And again, I'm not gonna, I don't have to preach on giving because you guys are so good at it. Um, but one of the things that you give to when you give to North County is you give to this thing called CARE. And we have a ministry here at North County called CARE. And we know that some of you help others financially, has nothing to do with the church. You just help them when they need it. And that's awesome. But if, you know, North County kind of becomes the net to catch those that don't have people like you in their life. So when somebody needs help with a bill, uh, to pay when somebody needs help making their mortgage, perhaps, or their rent. We will interview them. We will talk to them. Uh, normally, it's church people, and then we will help them. And I could, I mean, I could go on and on with the people we've helped this last year. We'll even help if you need to go to counseling. We'll talk to you about how much help would you need to pay for that, and we'll help you pay for counseling if we can. And so this is a wonderful thing that you're giving, and I want to say this, thank you for being involved in the care of people who are in this room that maybe needed a hand up, and you know, next year they'll probably help somebody else up. It's a beautiful thing. But just being a part of the community that way. You know, as, as family members, um, when you're part of the family, you do your part. I remember a few years ago, my daughter, Lindsay, married Evan, and they lived in Missouri for a while. They moved back, and they moved in with us. So guess what, parents? They come back, and they moved in with us. They got the upstairs. We got the downstairs, and Lindsay even had a baby in our house. I mean, in our house. I was just minding my own business, watching the Seahawks, and there's this noise, like this noise, and I'm like, can you keep it down? This is a good game we got going on here, right? She had a baby upstairs in our house. It was awesome, um, but those kinds of things, right? So they moved in, and one of the things we did was we charged them rent, and some of you would say, why would you charge your own kids rent? Because they're using the water and they're using the heat and they're, you know, all these things. So they're going to participate. They're going to be a part of what it costs and what it takes to run the church. And Lindsay would oftentimes cook the meals. We lived in community. You know what I mean? It wasn't them and us. It was like we're in community together and they could escape us when they wanted to. Um, but really, it was community. That's such a great picture of what church is. Church is community. We figure out what our role is. We find something we love to do, and we do that. And we all contribute because we're part of the family. And if we don't contribute, you know what they call that person? 
a dysfunctional person <laughs> or a freeloader, you know? And so we all, now I'm not looking at anybody. I'm really, you know, <laughs> scanning the room here. But we all need to find our role, not so much because the church needs it. We have hundreds of volunteers. We're the best volunteer staff church around that I know. It's because you need it. You need to be a vital part of this family that you're a part of, if you're a part of the family, okay? So Paul said about, about the giving thing, he said in Romans 12, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Notice it says God's people. Paul qualifies it, basically says if you're in community with people, if, if they're a part of your fellowship, and you know they need help, be ready to help them. You can help uh, the, the non-community as well, which we do, um, but always be ready to help those that are a part of your fellowship. And he says, always be eager to practice hospitality. So part of being a church family is to help one another when we need help, to care for one another when we need care. And you guys are, are doing such a fantastic job of that. Paul said in Philippians 2, he said, don't do anything from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others as more significant than yourselves. This is so key in hospitality. Because oftentimes when it comes to allowing people in my space, I could easily say, well, I've got this excuse or that excuse. And Paul's saying, no, don't have any excuse. Paul's, Paul's really saying, Let, count them as more important or more significant than yourself. Then in verse 4, he says, let each of you look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. And again, what did Jesus do? He left it all, right, so that he could come and become one of us, and he could share the abundance of his father's house with us. Pretty remarkable hospitality. Brings us to number three today, our last point. Hospitality is God's way of reaching the lost. This is so important. This is why we do hospitality. Hospitality is God's way of reaching the lost by loving them through us. Now, Sean mentioned the floods, Ramona mentioned the floods. And when the flood happened, you know, I got the phone call like at 11 in the morning, and by 1 in the afternoon, we were housing people. That's how quickly we turned and pivoted. And many of you were a part of that, and praise the Lord, thank you so much for being such a great community. But to be honest, we had a lot of people from outside our church show up and serve, and it was awesome. It was, it was an intense, wonderful week. <laughs> Glad it was over but glad we got to do it. It was really amazing. And so we literally adjusted everything that we do. Our normal week, we just shelved it and said, we're gonna do this. We're gonna take care of people. We're gonna meet their needs. So we took them in, we fed them, we housed them. Uh, this room in two hours turned into a, a huge motel <laughs> is what it turned into. And it was awesome. I gotta tell you the story. One of our guests who came and stayed with us was not able to walk. So he was using a walker, and he was kind of holed up right over here. And we found out, because uh, Winter Holloman, a nurse, she went around and, and tried to find out if people had any medical needs. I think it was the first night. So in the morning, I walk in at 6 o'clock, and she hands me this list of medical needs that this guy had and prescriptions that he needed filled because his meds were at home because he had been on the road when he got rescued, right? And so I'm like, well, how are we going to get this? She goes, well, I'll call his doctor. So we call the doctor, and, and the doctor agrees to send the prescription to Fairway. And so I walk over there. They know me, right, because I live here. And I walk in, and, you know, at first they're like, well, I, we can't give you these 
until we have a little bit of verification. <laughs> You're asking for drugs. You know, we need to know who this guy is. So I went back over here and he helped me fill out a thing. I go back and they were happy to give us what he needed. Now the funny thing about the story was that one of the prescriptions was for oxycodone. And so I said to David, my financial guy, I said, hey Dave, there's gonna be a drug charge on the church card, <laughs> but it's not for me, okay? It's for this guy, which didn't really sound any better at all, right? <laughs> so in case you wanna know, yes, your pastor has trafficked in drugs. But it was legal, it was legal. So another way that we're practicing hospitality these days, and I'm gonna end with this, that is a beautiful thing. It, it's, it's a way God is allowing us to use um, technology. And it's the fact that people are coming to church for the first time online. And in fact, they're coming to church for months and months online. COVID was really huge for streaming church, but there are people that are checking us out. Now, like, online is the front door. Online might even be the commons now of, of church. And so, hello, online people. I'm talking about you right now. But that is where people are finding us. And so we're really excited, and you're going you're gonna to hear a lot about your church investing on social media ways to, particularly to reach the lost. You know, we talk about East Linden a lot, and all the people moving into East Linden from, from other places. And some of them are lost, some of them are unchurched, some of them are, you know, haven't been to church in a long time, some of them were hurt by church. And so we are working very hard to find ways that we can reach into their homes and offer hospitality online, really, is what it comes down to. It's really saying, come join us in our space through this, through this thing called YouTube or Facebook or what have you, right? Come join us in our space, and we're going to start a relationship with you. And we're doing this because we want them to come experience the love of Jesus. We want them to know Christ. We want them to know what we know. We want them to be part of the family. Now, that being said, I don't want people to stay online their whole lives. I want them to come and experience this. And if they want a hug, they get a hug, you know, or, or if they want a cup of coffee, it's hard to serve that online. Uh, all those kinds of things. Corporate worship, what we experience here, you know, it's not the same online. And so we want them here, but, but really, truly, that's where we're able to extend hospitality for the first time. So the last thing I want to say about hospitality and, and this is where it has become different for me, I would say. As an introvert, I would say I'm slow to invite people into my space, whether that's my heart, whether that's my home, you know, whether that's whatever, right? I'm, I'm slow at that. I'm an introvert, right? I, I prefer to be alone. I know that surprises you. Somebody asked me about it this morning, and I said, they said, if you're an introvert, how can you do this? And I said, because I love people. I'm an introvert, but I love people. And so it's love for you that pushes me over the line of feeling uncomfortable to enter your space and let you enter mine. That's really what it is. And I think a lot of us suffer from that condition, right? There's a lot more introverts than extroverts in the world. And so let me talk about that for a minute. These are the, the two things that really helped me. There's two mentalities that we can embrace when you think about hospitality. And one mentality is the scarcity mindset. I don't have enough. Now, whether that's I don't have enough emotion, I don't have enough time, I don't have enough confidence, whatever it is, I don't have enough, and so I'm not going to invite you into my space. My house isn't nice enough. I don't have nice enough, you know, whatever. 
right? It's the scarcity mentality. But then the abundance mentality says, what I have, I'm going to share. What I have, I'm going to give away. What I've experienced about the love of Christ, I'm going to let you feel and understand. I'm going to tell you about it. It's the abundance mentality. It's the fact that we were beggars and now we're royalty. It's that royalty mindset that says, I have something to give, uh, even if it's just a smile. Now, I smile at you guys all the time. I'm very aware I have the crookedest teeth in the room. It's a barrier that I've had to get over. I should have had braces as a kid. My, my parents knew this, and I didn't get them. They would have cost $400 when I was a kid, but that was like $10,000 now, right? And so the barrier is I still have a smile to offer, right? Even though it's a little bit disjointed, it's there, right? So I'm going to offer it. It's an abundance mentality. I'm not going to hold back because of discomfort. Does that make sense? So that's just what God has done in my heart. So hospitality was at the core of this statement that Paul made about reaching the lost. And we're going to end here. 1 Corinthians 9. For though I'm free from all, I've made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I've become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them in its blessings. Isn't that beautiful? That's hospitality. Would you stand with me? I'm going to have the band come and close our morning with a great song talking about God's goodness. But I just want to pray for us. If this resonates with you, I'd love it if you would just uh, ask yourself the question, what role, what new thing does God want me to do? It might be here. It might be out there somewhere. But think about hospitality. Think about sharing the abundance of what God has done for you so that others may know him. Jesus, we bow our heads and we, we welcome your influence. And Lord, for those of us who say this today, Lord, we want to be more like you. And you were the king of hospitality. And so today we invite you to complete that work in our heart, do that work in us, that we would live in an abundance mentality. And we would simply share your love through acts of hospitality or words of hospitality. We would allow people to enter our space. We would allow people to feel at home in our hearts. Thank you, Jesus.